Welcome to A Star to Steer Her By. Right off the bat, just in case you didn't read the description, we're going to get into some pretty dark territory in our first episode, Mortal Coil, oh, good where there is a basically attempted, no, not basically, straight up attempted suicide. So if that's something you don't want to listen to, which is totally fair, I would suggest going to the description, finding the timestamp for our second episode, Waking Moments, and going there. With that said, this is Chris, and joining me today are... Ames. Caitlin. And Jake. in Mortal Coil. Neelix is having a very busy day, but he's very happy about it because he likes keeping busy. You know, it's crowded in the mess hall, Harry needs coffee, he's preparing for Prixen, which is a Talaxian uh, holiday where you celebrate family, and then it comes up that they're approaching a nebula, I believe? Yeah, something like a nebula. Ch- chock full of the David Marcus special, Proto-Matter. Damn it, David Marcus! <laughs> and even though everyone knows Proto-Matter's a bad idea, they decide, let's go look at it. So, well, it's a good fuel. They need fuel. No, I know, but goddamn. <sighs> Proto-Matter. Never ends well. After all, why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I go and look at the Proto-Matter? <laughs> so, yeah, Tom and Chakotay and Neelix grab the canister that is totally not the canister Neelix used for warp plasma oh, that, that time. that one explode, expo, exploded yeah. like, whoa. Exactly. He has a lot of these canisters around. He would. He was a traitor. Yeah, no, it, it, no, I know. It's funny. It even lights up the same ungodly shade of green. And they go to the nebula. Something goes horribly wrong. Lightning pierces the ship without actually piercing the ship. It can do that. And <laughs> murders the fuck out of Neelix. Oh no! And everyone has a sad. Except Caitlin. And Seven of Nine is like, oh, how long has he been dead? And they're like, uh, fucking 18 hours. He's like, that's nothing. And they're all like, I'm sorry, what? He's only mostly dead. Yeah, basically, yeah. I feel better! <laughs> and she uses some Borg magic to, to bring him back to life. And I am like, oh, great. They've introduced a magical bring someone back to life thing that'll never come up again. Never again. But then the rest of the episode explains why it's maybe a good idea to never use this again. Why is that? It gives Neelix the worst existential crisis. See, earlier in the episode, which I meant to mention, it turns out he is Naomi Wildman's godfather and one of the only people that get the little brat to go to sleep when she's being difficult. And one of the things he does is tells her about the Great Forest? Yeah. Yeah, the Great Forest, which is basically the Talaxian afterlife. It's a beautiful forest. All your friends and family and loved ones are there and so forth and so on. And as we know, Neelix has lost literally everyone. Including uh, Kess now. Yes, but she's alive. Ish. <laughs> as far as we she's, know, yeah. She's her own being. type of being. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. But either way, he would not be expecting to find her there right Fair. now anyway. Got it. But, you know, he wakes up from 18 hours dead to find that there was nothing. And this causes him to spiral because, you know, it turns out you know, that that this belief that he would one day sort of see all of his loved ones again was kind of what got him through the day, which is fair because, as we all know, he's had it rough. And this just sends him down a very dark path. He eventually goes, you know, I know, Chakotay maybe can help me. And he goes on a vision quest. And then all he just sees is a vision of his sister being like, everything you believe is a lie. And then the crew basically, you know, you have to do... And then he goes to space himself. And luckily Chakotay and uh, 
Samantha Wildman talk him down, and, you know, he's like, I'm gonna plug along. And that was... Fuck me. Possibly one of the, like, in a, in a psychological sense, like, one of the bleakest, darkest episodes of Trek that I can think of. Mm. Especially for it to be Neelix, because he's, like, the morale officer. He's the one that always has a smile. He's the one that, like, when Seven of Nine was like, yeah, when we, uh... When we, um, fuck. Oh. Kazon? No, no, when we oh. met your people. Yeah, yeah when we, when oh. <laughs> Find musculature, make good drones. And he's like, Yeah, okay. I mean, he just I mean, laughed true. it off. No, but what is it they do? You know, resistance. Assimilate? Assimilate, yeah, 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 yeah. thanks. When she, when she told him about assimilating his race, he just kind of smiled and was like, <laughs> well, good to know we were helpful. Anyway, uh, <laughs> how, do you like, how do you like your eggs? <laughs> Although Jake does bring up, what was a comedy highlight of this otherwise yeah. quite serious episode, the Borg wouldn't even assimilate the Kazon. That yeah. was good. The they was like, huh. too fucking shitty. Yeah, it's like, we won't even use you as, like, the guy that fucking cleans up the the, the toilet. Like, you are, li- you would make us worse. We will just kill you. Mm. Which, that was a comedy highlight in, again, what is otherwise a... Oh, it's a real bummer, this episode. And, and I realized, this is not his first time uh, on the show, but the first time I noticed this was Brian Fuller, who is a fairly well-known television writer. He's created Pushing Daisies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hannibal. Pushing Daisies. Canceled way oh, too early. It Hannibal was. so good. Pushing it. Oh, love that show. Here's the thing, though. Not to go on a side note to make this a Pushing Daisies podcast, but I felt like the second season was so, so much not as good as the first. It's I would agree. So like, I feel I, like I, it was I, a huge I, dip in quality, and partly because Molly Shannon was there, and I can't stand her, <sighs> but I just felt like no, the first fair. season was perfect, and I don't necessarily feel like, given how quickly it went downhill in the second season, that it would have been a good idea to keep it going. I mean, that's kind of how... That's kind of a Brian Fuller thing, though, because I feel like Dead Like Me was was sort of the same. That, that was him, too, yeah. I kind of feel like Hannibal was that way, too, to be honest. I feel like the first couple seasons were, like, basically perfect television. And then he was like, no, but, like... He, I mean, not that I... I don't object at all to Will and Hannibal, like, maybe kind of being in love with each other, but it just felt like... They just tried to smash that in there, and I didn't necessarily Dance feel like it was smash. earned or made any sense. I don't know, anyway. Yeah, but, but back of course, to Brian Fuller. Fuller so he was the, who's the writer of this episode? He wrote this the... episode. He had already, I looked it up, he'd already done a bit of work on DS9 and Voyager. I know eventually he's, like, a regular in the writer's room on Voyager. Oh, okay. No shit. And he was, I don't know how much of his original ideas remained, but he was originally going to be the, like, lead on Discovery. Yeah, he was the first oh, showrunner. Oh, yeah. okay. I do remember this coming up. Yeah. So ages he... and ages and several writers. Yeah, and I was actually really excited for that. Yeah. Right. I was sure we were going to get Lee Pace as a Vulcan, <gasps> which I would He'd give good Vulcan. money for. But, uh, but, yeah. Or Romulan. And, like, I remember when they announced that he had left the show for... I think at first they're like, oh, because his schedule's too busy to work on this show, because he was working I, on some other show. But, yeah. But honestly, it just sounded like there were probably behind-the-scenes Is, he on, the scenes is he on Foundation? I don't think so. Okay, because I'm thinking that's another Lee Pace special, and Lee Pace is great in that. Yeah, but the writing on Foundation isn't good enough for Brian Fuller. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I think they eventually... Oh, I will say, though, the Lee Pace arc, like that whole story arc, is the best part of that show. Everything else is... I meh. like it. I like Foundation. I, I think, like... They eventually resorted to the usual vague creative differences bullshit. But what was the bullshit behind the scenes that we think might have? Been well, going nothing on? Just has I'm been. Nosy. They, they like there's nothing but well, rumor and hearsay, and unfortunately, 
Because a lot of it comes from, like, completely untrustworthy anti-Nutrek people. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure something happened, but what it is couldn't fucking begin to I tell mean, you. Here's a, here, here, my theory would be that the producers behind Discovery are known hacks, and Brian <laughs> Fuller is not, and there was a conflict between the hacks and the non-hack, and the, there were more hacks than non-hacks. Possible. The non-hacks had to leave. But yeah, this this was a Brian Fuller. Um, and, you know, a really very good episode. Um, is, yeah. A much better Faith versus... Oh, than Sacred Fucking Ground? Yeah. Yeah. That's not um, hard, though. That's true, but... Which one was Sacred Ground? The, the one terrible... The one where Janeway had to... Talk to George's mom. Yeah. yeah. Um, she had to paint and hold a rock and get bitten by something in a box. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, uh, I can't think of his real name at the moment, but Neelix. Ethan Phillips. Thank you. Phillips. You know, doing a really, really great job during the uh, transporter room scene with his... Oh, know, that scene, the end scene. Yeah, with yeah. his breakdown. And yeah, and it's so funny because, you know, he's known for being, like, to be like one of the more comedic actors. And when you give him... Something like this, or like Phage, which we talked about a while ago. Like, he's got the chops, and it's really stunning to watch. Yeah. The mutton chops. <laughs> I, you know, I was saying to Caitlin, like, man, you know, we, we all we like to joke that Harry Kim is is the sort of the, the chief O'Brien of this, but I think it actually might be Neelix. <laughs> wow. Because, like, it, 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 like his, his story, his, like, oh, God stories are few and further between, but just the amount of emotional trauma seems to be on a similar level. Well, also the... Physical trauma because, the, yeah. like, they may even make reference to it in this episode that he's got the one lung. Yep. Now he's an undead corpse man. Yep. And, I, you know, the fact that, like, okay, he was dead, they fixed him up, they gave him the Borg, Borg magic probes, and then his body continued to die for a while because yep. they fucked it up. Yep. So he just started decomposing. Yep. Like, that's horrifying. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's had it rough. Yeah. But yeah, I thought, you know, again, and again, like, a good use of his sort of background. And even, you know, I gotta say, despite bringing in some of the questionable, likely phony Native American stuff, again, very good use of Chakotay. I it, was thinking yeah. the same thing. And I even was able to entirely, like, not even think, like, you know, vision quests are things. Yeah. Are they ever portrayed realistically on Probably the media? Not. Probably not. But you can also say this is the future. He's got his own magical totem. And to be entirely honest, I don't think there's any difference between what he was doing with Neelix and just, say, guided meditation. Yeah. Like, some kind of meditation. This ship doesn't have a counselor, nope. which would be really nice to have for something like this. Jesus Christ. And Although, I think again... that was a good use of the Chakotay character. Seeing how they did write counselors on both TNG and DS9, <laughs> thank God this ship doesn't have a counselor. Yeah, but at the same time, they're replacing, like, actual medical care with, with like shamanistic yeah, like, like some mm. and not to say volunteer that it's, it's work. not helpful to like you know like spiritual stuff is not helpful for people but at the same time i feel like a, a this is an instance where okay yeah do do the shamanism stuff do do the you know the the spiritual drug-induced vision quest thing and then program like a like someone but, to talk to in the but holiday then also do yeah also have Traditional some, therapy. Some traditional think, therapy, some, some like science-based medicine here. I think in this case it makes sense for him to at least start with 
guided meditation because he is having a spiritual crisis at first. I mean, it's it's also an existential crisis, but it's directly linked to the mm-hmm. fact that his faith has been dealt an extraordinary blow. Yeah, but, but in some ways, I feel like that makes it a worse way to go. Mm. Because one, since the, the vision quest is going to actually work, like he does do a vision quest thing. Yeah, because he's a device. Now he's being kind of hit with, well, my faith was fake and this seems sort of real. I kind of feel like that could have almost led to... Uh, more pain. You're right. I guess I, I should rephrase that. I, I can see why he went that route. Mm. Well, I can also see like when he sees in his in his vision in the in the meditation, everyone telling him, "Nope, there's no afterlife. Nope, nothing fucking matters anymore. You know what you must do." He never told that to Chakotay, nope. who was someone who could help him through trauma. Yeah. Regardless of you know just how much training Chakotay has in this. At least he's a, a fucking human being in the room, or just a person, not even necessarily a human being. There's lots of other beings. A being in the room who can listen to him and help him instead of Neelix saying, well, I'm not going to tell anybody this. I'm going to freak out on my own. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go start writing my suicide note. God, yeah. Mm. Although, I guess in a way, uh, I mean, it's not sensible, but it makes sense for his character in that when you think about it like so much of what he dealt with was completely on his own because like we don't really the the sense i get at least was like you know when he initially lost his family i mean he didn't have anyone he could really turn to mm. he had that like scumbag criminal buddy who i'm <laughs> sure he was not having deep emotional conversations with it's i don't remember if they got into how much he discussed his past with Cass, but it sounds like not low well it sounds like only recently did he discuss with Kess that he, like, ran from the war. Yeah, yeah, that's that right. That was yeah. a new thing that came up. So, yeah, he's kind of used to keeping trauma to himself, it sounds like. So, again, was it the healthy thing to do? No. Does it make sense that he did it because of the way they've written him? Definitely. And it's unfortunately a thing a lot of people do do. They will keep their trauma to themselves. Yeah, I would agree uh, with all of that. I'd also say that... You know, once it gets to the point of the committing suicide... Yeah, Jesus. Chakotay is in no way qualified to deal with a suicidal person. Now, like, he might have been... Who is? Okay to be there and, you know, talk him off the proverbial ledge, which was great. But Neelix needs help. Oh, he does. He mm-hmm. does. Like, this is not a, well, everything's hunky-dory now. I'm still a fucking walking corpse, but <laughs> I guess I'll go help the little girl get the man. Yeah, and that, but again, as we've said with literally every series, like, oh yeah, but there's never any follow up. There's never any follow up, but there's also the the suggestion at the end of this episode that somebody who is literally a button press away from offing themselves can be cured. And 100% normal. I feel like they, they did a disservice. At, like, the, the episode was great, but I feel like at the end of the episode, they did not stick the landing by implying or suggesting that, like, th- oh, everything's okay now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they did a good job comparing this episode, or, you know, contrasting this episode with the fact that it's also, like, family day mm, Yeah. in Neelix's culture, which is... You know, gets good writing, you got lots of symbolism in there, and you learn at the end, you know, you don't need your dead family, you have a live family right here. And I agree, that is not not at all enough. Like, there should have been, like, a, we're going to keep working with you, maybe, a little bit, Neelix. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, I think they tried to, like, 
sort of imply that, you know, there's still work to be done. Again, we're never going to see it, of course. But, you know, when he's there and Naomi's like, oh, tell me about the force. He's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, he's telling her. So he's... he's well, Naomi's work- his counselor. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he's he's working on it. But unfortunately, you know, by next week, he'll be fine. Right. Because, But again, that's a flaw that every series up to this point, even DS9, which was serialized, has had. They're just, everything's fine now. Well, they keep Kira pregnant for a while. Well, that's because reality made them. Well, I know. (laughs) They don't make Bolana pregnant. No, that's Um, that's next episode, though. I know. Where the jacket Um, shows up. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. The the whole Neelix... You know what it reminded me a little bit of, or maybe... Not remind me of, but made me think of a little bit, is you always hear about, like, these really gregarious, outgoing seemingly happy people and you see it a lot with like celebrities that Robin are Robin, especially, especially Robin Williams. Williams. Robin Williams was the was the was the is the poster child for like the 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 entertainer who like everybody loves and everybody just assumes is like, oh man, he's such an upbeat person, but like inside there's just like fucking darkness. Yeah. Well that's what like, I mean uh, comics in general, you, they generally comedic actors, comedians, like so many of them it's because they've been putting up a front for so long to kind of... And it makes me wonder if, like, maybe Neelix is in that same boat, you know? Because, again, you know, he's the happy-go-lucky morale officer. Yeah. Who's always on, like, he's always on duty in the sense that, you know, he's not... He's rarely in a position to save the ship, mm. but everybody is relying on him for things. Yeah. Uh, and he has to be there to do those things. And yet, he's got all of this... Now, especially with this de- death thing and the, and the afterlife and the spiritual crisis, you know, he's got all this darkness inside now. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I think that you—that's exactly, you know, whether that's what they had meant to do, that's certainly what they've they've kind of wound up with is is working with that again, very real thing of like people who have been used to covering sort of well, like the scene where he kind of lets loose on seven. You know, yeah. when he, like, that's like his facade falling away and he lets some of that out. And then once he's resolved to killing himself, he goes back to her and apologizes for it. Yeah. So well, it's almost like he's put the mask back on. Well, and that's something you do hear a lot in real life is people, when, when someone does commit suicide, people be like, they were so happy recently. And it's like, well, that's because they've made up their mind. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like kind of the psychological aspect of it is like but, they've, they've made this final decision and that has lifted a weight, unfortunately. Yeah, and you hear about, like, making amends and, like, giving things yeah. away, and there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was, like, not expecting this to get... Like, you know, I saw the episode description, oh, Neelix dies and brought back to life. And I was like, oh, God, is, what's going to happen here? Some kind of... Like, I was kind of expecting something closer to sacred ground, like oh, a yeah. really bad... Exploration uh, of faith. And... Yeah, and then it turned out to be a deeply, deeply, like good but upsetting yeah it's very real like yeah. there isn't honestly i think the the sci-fi that's kind of couched uh, that this episode couches itself in is like the nanoprobes yeah the bringing the, him back the, the to life him thing. back the if if someone is brought back to life and then they realize what was my life why did you bring me back do i deserve it mm. it was there anything i would have i would have gone to spiritual crisis yeah like all of that after the brought back to life just feels very, very real. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad too that they kind of got into it, like in a like I didn't ask you to do this. I didn't give. Yeah. I didn't consent to being brought back to life. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, and I'm not trying to be glibby or whatever. Like in reality, it's like I bet he put himself down as DNR after this. <laughs> mm. I feel like maybe a lot of crew members might have. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like I said, I feel like it's like, okay, I can see why they will never use this again. Because like, the they that the... broke the most jovial person on the ship. And also the nano, the nano bots or the nano whatever they Probes were, or whatever, things, yeah. the nanos weren't like they, they needed to like change them constantly and get injections daily and yeah, and eventually like seven would run out, I'm sure, maybe. Well, I'm Probably assuming not. she just is a machine that manufactures those things. Yeah, it's a little vague about what's left in her and what isn't. Getting back to Chakotay, well, I do think like he was it was a good use of his character. Yep. For a hot second, I was like. Would Tuvok be better at this? And then the end scene no. happens. Is like, nope, Chakotay is the man for this. Yep. <laughs> Tuvok would not have any connection with Neelix and would just let him go. He, Jesus or, Christ. Or his solution would be just stun him and lock him in his room until he feels better. Basically. <laughs> but the thing that I think Chakotay did very poorly, Chakotay, what the fuck, was let Neelix, Neelix watch the simulation of himself dying. Yeah, that, that was uh, not well thought through. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think... Yeah, not well thought through, or maybe like Chakotay didn't realize how. I don't think at that point he knew that Neelix was having this crisis. No. True, true. Like he just thought, like, oh, we need to figure out what actually happened so we can prevent it happening again. Yeah, yeah. And Neelix volunteered. Yeah, he's like, I want to be busy, and he's like, yeah, all right, sure, why not? Yeah, still, and, and didn't think ahead. Like, wait a minute, the end of the simulation is you dying. So, and um, the holodecks are crazy realistic. So. I feel like, I, only very tangible, I feel like there was one point, and I meant to go back and double check, because they were clearly, like, in some of the scene, they were just kind of blue screened into the original scene. Ah, yeah. But there was one point where it was kind of a, a shot, it was kind of a close-up on Beltran, and uh, Paris was in the foreground, and I'm pretty sure it was actually Duncan McNeil reenacting the scene, and Chakotay had to freeze it, so I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was actually just him sitting there... Dead still. Oh, I wonder. As opposed to just freezing the thing he was blue. I don't think he was blue screened into that, but I think they said, all right, now pause. <laughs> Another little unrelated thing that I liked was during the, the um, party, they're all in their civilian clothes. And, you know, Harry, we've seen that outfit before. Oh, I think I we've seen Chakotay's. Janeway, as far as I tell, his shirt was new. And I don't know if it was on purpose, but what I really liked was that there was braiding around the collar and the uh, sleeves that was very reminiscent of, like, the decorations from the TOS uniforms. Oh, I didn't notice. And I was kind of like, I wonder if that's on purpose or just a delightful coincidence. It's probably on purpose. Yeah. I feel like costumers, I feel like, you've said this before, I feel like, Gaines, I feel like costumers don't, like, just happen to do stuff. I feel like yeah. They make that's true. Very... They're typically very specific yeah. and intentional yeah. when they make choices like that. Yeah. I want to tell you guys about the original idea. And I don't know where Brian Fuller starts and where Brian Fuller begins, so I'm going to get, just attribute all of it to everybody. Sure. The original idea was for a death fetishist oh. with the power of regeneration to repeatedly trick the doctor into killing him. No. And somehow, they got this episode out of that. But the original idea was that Samantha Wildman would be the one that dies and gets resurrected again and just becomes like infatuated with death and how now she's disconnected from this world and how, you know, the only thing keeping her linked to this world is her baby or, you know, Naomi, who's like 18 now, or, and she decides, I'm going to have to kill Naomi so that she can also have experienced this and we can have something in common. And that oh just gets God. also really dark. That is... An amazing idea that is way too fucked up for this show. Yeah. yeah. Like, I like that idea. That's like a... I don't even want to say Twilight Zone. I don't even know... That's a Black, black mirror. mirror. Yeah. yeah. That's a Black Mirror. That's... Yeah. No, that's like... Again, as an idea goes, 
really interesting. Too fucked up for this, for any track, even yeah. new track, which does all kinds of weird shit. That That is, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think the, pro- time track. the producers basically said, no killing children. Stop it. C- <laughs> considering that uh, a lot of his work does involve death, I could see maybe a lot of even the original idea might have been fuller. <laughs> so is, Jesus. Is this episode Star Trek taking a stance on the afterlife? Uh, I mean... The, impl- I think, the, I the, the overwhelming right implication here is, nope, you're just dead. I, I think they kind of hedge their bets a little bit. They're like, you know, maybe you're just not allowed to bring those memories back. They kind yeah. of imply mention that at one point. So like, it's still everything's unknowable about death. Even the how advanced we are today, we don't know. Yeah, like I think Janeway might know from Coda. God damn the, it! The impression I'm under from the way the episode is mostly written, I feel like that's definitely the stance of the script, maybe even the director or whatever, but it does still hedge its bets in the text, Mm. I think. Uh, So they left it open enough for, like, if you really want to be, like, you know... heaven, Yeah, like, yeah, you die, but if you are miraculously brought back, like, for faith to work... It's just Neelix's beliefs that aren't real. Mine are still real. Or, again, just his are, like... We we're set, you know, for faith to work, you have to be. Able, you can't just have objective proof in theory. So, like, he needs to not remember that he was there. Neelix, have you expe- accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You could also argue that really, what it is 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 yeah, they brought back his body and his brain, but his soul's already off in. Oh, that's even darker. Yeah. Holy shit. I, yeah. I, to be clear, I stole that from uh, the Green Arrow of all things. When they they had killed off Oliver Queen for a while because the 90s was all about people killing off a lot of their major characters. Hmm. Uh, and then when they brought him back, they like, it turns out they had just resurrected his body and they had to like fuse his soul back into it. Yes. Where did they find it? Uh, the afterlife. Wow. Neat. I think they had this to get the Spectre involved. some Eurydice kind of shit here. Kind of. <laughs> but yeah, so that's not even really my idea. I'm just vaguely recalling a comic I read 20 years ago. Yeah, so something I picked up on is I think, or maybe, I don't know, I don't know for sure, but I have a suspicion that the Voyager uses a four-shift rotation. They, they went jellicoe. Oh my god. And here's my evidence. No one tell Picard. Well, wait, didn't Kira eventually also instate a four shift? Well, they also have a 28-hour day on Deep Space Nine. 28? 26. 26. 26-hour day. So they have to have something different. So here's, here's my evidence. So when Chakotay went to the mess hall to ask Neelix why he didn't show up for his therapy session, mm. Neelix was like, oh, I'm just so busy. He's like, okay, well, I'm off work. At two. At, at two. At fourteen hundred. Yeah. I remember thinking that was kind of a weird time to get. And I was off. like, hmm, interesting. Following episode, we learn that the day for the bridge crew anyway starts at oh eight hundred, because Tom mm-hmm. and, and Janeway and Harry were all late for work. So eight to two, six hours. That's a four shift rotation, my friends. Mm. Oh my! They God. went Jellico. They went jellico up in here. I think it Get makes, it done. I think that makes sense because their probably five-year mission or whatever they had in the beginning has been turned into a we're-never-getting-home mission. So it's probably a good idea to not burn your crew out immediately with, like, super long days. Making sure that everyone's work-life balance is good. Well, also a much smaller crew, so maybe you just kind of have to, you know? 
I also don't think that the four shift rotation necessarily precludes two shifts. True. Like you I might think, occasionally. Oh, do a double. Yeah, I, th- I think like I think Jellico's idea was that it wasn't like oh you'd only work one of those four shifts. You'd be working two out of four shifts. Or maybe every X day you do a double. Yeah. And other times you do a. It's a good question. I liked that uh, Seven brought up the maturation chamber for <laughs> yeah. children who were assimilated. Some, that's some good small talk, Seven. She's really good at it. Uh, awkward so Seven is awkward. I take it those chambers don't have anything about uh, conversation. Or whatever that. Which coming out says. of his mouth is kind of funny. Because first season Doctor would have had nothing to say. Exactly, yeah. He would have been like, oh, fascinating. Tell me more about this technology. People say, I have a bad bedside manner. Yeah, but that was actually, you know, it's very interesting looking at it from the Borg's point of view. When they mm. say Borg are effectively immortal because our memories live on in other Borgs. Yeah. So, you know, nice little bit of convo with her. I like how they snuck into that scene an explanation for why Naomi is a fucking oh, child instead of a yeah. baby. Oh, they, they Alexandered her? They, yeah. Except they admitted it. They're like, oh, she just grows so fast. Like, with Alexander, we kind of assume. With them, they... they yeah. Made yeah. it text. For some reason, the pregnancy was very, very long, but once she's out, she just grows like a vine. Yeah, sure. Makes sense. No. I mean, fuck it. She's an alien. And then sure. once she reaches, you know, early. Seven ish. Yeah, seven ish. She slows just down slows down to a crawl. And, and then explodes. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, I know she's not our final Naomi. I know we get a different one, and then she's she'll. She's going be... so fast. Yeah. <laughs> there might be another one. No, I, I double checked. Well, there's, there's one more one child, more. and then there's a future. So there's two more. There's two more, but one of them's only in a one-off episode oh, of like yeah. the future yeah. version of yeah. There, there's the a future. there's a permanent child Naomi coming up at some point. Oh, okay. Oh. I, was like, I was like, I don't think that's her. No, no. I was like, maybe she gets a little older and her face changes. So I just looked it up. I was like, nope, nope, different kid entirely. I don't know. Actually, I looked it up because you thought you recognized her, but this is one of only three things that kid was ever in. So. I still might have recognized her. What were the other three? Other there two? was the other two. I don't remember random TV shows that I don't think you would have seen. Was she in Beethoven? No. Okay, she looks like the little girl that was in Beethoven. I, I think see. that's what I'm thinking of. Perhaps Beethoven? Sorry, yeah, Beethoven. <sighs> I forgot. Thank you. Do we have uh, anything else on that? Oh, oh the, uh, the dream sequence was mm. better than any of the prophet visions we saw after Emissary, I thought. I thought oh. it looked exactly like a... Pro- uh, prophet vision. Well, most of the prophet visions after emissary, I thought, were just Too straightforward. No, no fucking effort. Mm. This one, there was definitely effort. There was the tree, which was a nice tree. Elixia fucking like crumbled into dust, yeah. and I was like, wow. Yeah, she chose poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I gotta say, I thought all the exterior shots of Voyager by the Nebula looked really good. They were very pretty. Yeah, that, that was a great special effects were good this episode. Yeah, yeah. I was upset by how ugly Talaxian women are. I mean, they just look like Talaxians. Yeah, but somehow even, I don't know, there was something... You know, credit to them, though. It goes against that that exhausting trope that is often pointed out where, like, you'll have, like... And we'll actually, we'll see this in uh, Enterprise with how they decide to depict the Orions. One, One of the best things Discovery and New Trek have done is said that Orion males are also just green dudes. Whereas... Enterprise decides Orion men are all huge hulking green dudes while the women are still oh, yeah. lithe, sexy little women. And that's like, you know, there's a 
meme that goes around a lot depicting like you know male ogre and it's it's like big monster thing female ogre is a woman but green you know male this other fantasy creature huge monster thing that's like blue and like female version just a woman but blue you know it's like look, they didn't try to like i mean Talaxadrol is already very humanoid, but they just, they kept the design and didn't try to, like, it's like, let's... I mean, but, but they, you know. but Star Trek doesn't really do that. Like, what what other well, again, Star I, Trek of that has that happened? Oh, I can't, and I'm just saying, it, it's, I appreciate that they didn't. And generally speaking, again, aside from the Enterprise Orions, thanks, Rick. Like, Star Trek rules are yeah. men, alien, alien face, woman... Alien face with exposed cleavage. Right. That's the rule in Star Trek. You know what? I actually have been like thoroughly enjoying. I know we talk about Prodigy a lot and how we're fans of Prodigy, but mm. I love that Rock oh, yeah. is just a fucking monster. Yep, big Rock. And we learn she's a girl, and we're like, yeah, girls are monsters too. No, not just a girl, but it. she's like a kid. She's adorbs. I love her. No, oh, she's the best. She's like my favorite part of the show. Yeah, no, there, there needs to be like a plush figure of her. There by probably the fuck is. out of it. There's definitely a bunch of Murphs. I like Murphs. That makes sense. He's cute. Good work. Yeah. Go team. So I guess we will now scoot along. Scoot, scoot, scoot. What a... Uh, run along home. What a segue. <laughs> to waking moments. How does it begin? Oh, yeah. Everyone's having a dream. So, yeah, everyone's dreaming. Paris is having a shuttle accident. Kim is having a wet dream. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I feel uh, like shuttle accident is some sort of, like... <laughs> Euphemism for wet dream. Yeah, really. Oh, but no, yeah, it's last a... night I had a real shuttle accident. Yeah, no, but his, his, his is quite a literal shuttle accident dream. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Tuvok. Tuvok, oh, Tuvok, right, goes to the bridge and is not, not even in his underwear. He's dead nude. Um, Janeway dreams of all the dead people oh, yeah. she's, she's had killed. Yeah, it's a bunch of extras, though. No one we care about. I was hoping, yeah. I was trying to recognize anybody. Was like, I don't recognize it re- Like, it really should have been, like... Suitor! Yeah, or I was just going to say the command crew, like even any of them, just, oh, even yeah. if just Kim among a bunch of faces we don't know, but we'll get to that. So yeah, they're all having dreams, and all the dreams end poorly when you see this weird uh, crescent moon man. They all wake up, and they're all like, we all saw the same dude in our dream. This can't be a coincidence. And also, what's wrong with Kim? New things. Oh, yep. A new thing is wrong with Harry Kim today. Yeah, Harry Kim and a couple of extras can't wake up at all. So they're like, all right, you know what? We're going to send Chakotay on a meditation trip, uh, a lot of that this week, to see if maybe he can get in touch with whoever this is. Like, presumably this is some kind of psychic race and they communicate through dreams, whatever. So Chakotay shows up and the guy's there and, you know, he's like, look, let's just fucking talk this through. I'm going to have to do an arm lock because you're being a dick, but now let's... Just chill. And the guy's like, you always waking people try to destroy us. And he's like, well, just tell us where to go. We'll fuck off. And he goes like, fine, go here. He's like, great. There we go. And you're like, oh, this is going to be... Tap, tap, tap. Yeah, yeah, right. Because he has to inception himself. But instead of a top, it's the moon and all that. And, um, <laughs> you know, and he goes back and you're like, well, there's going to be a twist. Because otherwise this was a 20 minute episode. And uh, the twist is they get to where they were told to go, and then uh, the ship is invaded. Whoops. By the Crescent Face people. And then it turns out, wait a minute, this is just another layer of dream. We have to go deeper. (laughs) Yeah, basically Chakotay realizes what's going on, gets himself into the real world. In the dream, the crew slowly starts to realize, oh wait, this is still a dream. They find the planet where the bodies of all the sleepy people are, and the doctor and Chakotay, you know, work out a thing which Cody goes down with a vial of just super cocaine or something to keep himself awake <laughs> but instead he gives it to one of the aliens and is like turn off this damn machine and then he falls asleep oh that was a bad fall asleep too 
And Robert Beltran, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he's like on his feet, so it's like he's got to be able to fall asleep and catch himself on the just off-screen blue <laughs> mat. And then the alien leader is like, your bodies are dying. And Chakotay's like, yeah, your body's about to get blown up by my EMH. And he's like, fuck. So the crew's woken up and they go on their fuck. merry way. And that wasn't the best summary, but there you go. Yeah, it's a lot of boxes within boxes and Blah. moves but, within But moves. I gotta say, like, it's been a long time since I'd seen this episode. And I I mean, it's, I certainly have seen that movie where we went Inception. 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 I kept trying to say Interstellar, but that's a different yeah, movie. You know. Inception. Since the last time I saw this, and having seen Inception, and now seeing this again, I'm like, Inception really fucking lifted every idea out of this episode. There's also, and I learned this from an article somewhere, there's also an issue of the uh, Disney Duck comics that it might have actually stolen a lot of it from. Like, right right down to, like, invading someone's dream to do, like, a heist and stuff, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, but everything from, like, the having the thing that you see in the dream to know that you're dreaming. Yep. You know, the top versus the moon. The moon. And then, like, the multi-layered dream. Yep. You know, it's it's all very, like, those, that, like that's basically the whole movie of Inception. Uh, see, it also reminded me an awful lot of Future Perfect, Future Imperfect, the Viker episode. Well, yeah, oh, the, yeah, the, the, little layer, the, little the layered boy. illusion. Yeah, like every Oh, layer. that one. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking of the Madhouse one. Oh, that's a uh, frame of mind. Yeah, which is also illusions within illusions. You yeah. Don't, you don't know which one is real. You keep or looking up. Or ship in a bottle. Which one was that? That's, That's Moriarty. Moriarty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. fake Enterprise. I mean, let's be honest. Like, science fiction has been obsessed with the idea about... What is your reality? Yeah, I mean, Philip, Philip K. K. Dick <laughs> was obsessed with that. So, yeah, overall, I mean, I, I think I biffed the the summary, but it was a good episode, <laughs> by I, I and mean, large. It was just fun. The fact, just the fact that I could, I could say, like, this is an awful lot like these five other episodes. It's a little bit tread. A little, but it, I think they, they, you know, they put their own twist on it in its own way. Janeway didn't even try to self-destruct the ship. She mm. just walked into a warp core explosion. That's it. She didn't try to keep it from exploding that hard. <laughs> which yeah. is close. It's, it's, it's the inverse property. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that that particular... I wish there were a different way that they figured out it was... Well, see, that had to be it, though. I was sitting there when it was going on. Of course, at this point, the, as the audience, we now know what's going on. Yeah. They're a little unsure. I was like, well, you can't die in a dream, so... And, yep. <laughs> yeah, if I know it's a dream, and this is a thing, like, I I think we've talked about, you know, if we've had experiences lucid dreaming or not, and it's never worked for me. Like, any time in a dream I realize I'm dreaming, I and that one day I actually literally remember, like, notice in a dream. I know, I know this isn't dream. This isn't awake. I know I'm, I'm dreaming. Maybe I can fly. Nope. And then immediately forgot and just went down with the dream. And it's like, damn it. <laughs> I've definitely like the few times it's happened for me. I usually wake up very short. It's like, oh fuck, I'm dreaming. Maybe now I can. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> See, I, I was hoping that they would do something. Like here was, here was my idea for how they could determine if they were in the dream. The EMH doesn't work properly, mm. right? Because. The EMH obviously isn't in the dream. The real EMH isn't in the dream world. Right. He, can't, huh. he doesn't go to sleep. But, like, if they had to, like, go, you know, talk to the EMH, or, like, maybe the alien... Well, no, because I guess they're making the dream. I don't know. They go so, talk oh, to wait, the there's... EMH, and he's like, Ooh, duh, I'm really uh, well, arrogant oh, and not good at well, talking no, no, here's, to people. Here's a, perfect, here's a perfect one. The EMH, they bring the EMH 
into the cargo bay where they're holding everybody. And he's not wearing his and mobile And he's not wearing his mobile mm. emitter. And there's how you know. There it is. There's another, actually, of Layers of Reality. That time the EMH thought he was Zimmerman. Yeah, that's another one. You're right. That was the one thing when they were like, I've got to go down there. It's like, the doctor who literally can't fall asleep has the mobile emitter. Send him. That's true. But they wanted to give Chakotay something to do. They did. They did, which is fair. Also, there's probably like a, I don't know, Hippocratic Oath situation, maybe. Like if he had to do something violent to the people. That's true. Maybe. And also, I mean, with the rest of the crew passed out, you don't want to risk sending him down and then... Send no Da Vinci! One... Where's he at? Yeah. Uh, France? France. Well, that's true. <laughs> now that we know that we can, like, make holograph, uh, holodeck characters... Just Seriously. Just make them mobile with the mobile emitter. Just make a, a pre-programmed drone of anybody to go Burly. Do, uh, do Where's Lord missions. Burly at? <laughs> Man, next time next time you're in danger, fucking send down a holographic Mugatu to fuck people up. Yeah. What's wow. Mugatu? The big, like, unicorn Point fucking the thing. furry thing that um, the nearly kills Kirk in that one episode and oh. the... Uh, he's like a yeti. I was gonna say, yeah, I yeah, he's yeah, more like a I'm rhinoceros like. than a unicorn. Well, the other but... thing about the mobile emitter that wasn't clear is like how strong is yeah that's hologram true. like like you could make a, a mugatu but would they actually be mugatu strong stro- yeah have the strength to, to fight somebody or would they just be kind of weak yeah but, but but as we did learn from the very first uh, use of the mobile emitter they can't feel pain so as long as you don't hit the emitter you can wail on the doctor for hours and he's just gonna be like <gasps> What now, bitch? There's Shrug. your therapy right there! <laughs> Beat the fuck out of here. He can also make himself pass through a bull at yes, will. Yes, that's true. So. That's true, too. Incorporeal. There you go. These aliens mustn't kiss, right? Why? Because their chin oh, they had the funny swoops chin. up and ends at a little spike. Maybe they kind of interlock them. Maybe that's why they're so mad. Well, I don't know. They're basic. They're so sweepy, though. You know? <laughs> yes. Like, yes, I was like, so how does this species... Do they all like wake up every seven years and have an orgy? Maybe. Maybe yeah. maybe they all just have wet dreams together, and maybe, some like, of it gets on you. And maybe maybe they bud. We don't, you know. There you go. Yeah. But there has to be occasionally someone to wake up and explain to the children what's going on and give them trousers because no, the they're children, all dressed. The children are born. They just crawl out of their parents and then <laughs> immediately fall asleep. <laughs> we'll drop off their parent. Right. Yeah, if they bud, budding budding is the way to go. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to think too deeply about the culture because it doesn't make a ton of sense. They're mostly there just to be this weird dream enemy. Yeah, which, you know, a, an enemy who gets you in your dreams, weird. Yeah, well, actually, like Caitlin said, for all the Inception jokes, there's also a vague Freddy Krueger element. There was also a great episode of, um, what the fuck is it called? Sabrina? What was the new one called? The, the Teenage Witch. Yeah, but the new one. Oh, there's The Chilling Inception. Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. There's like a... Like a some kind of demigod thing that attacks them all in their dreams, and that's oh, wow. fucking sick. Actually, it was a really that's, good episode. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, it's not a not a new, totally new thing. No, no. Yeah, I read that the the writer of this episode, Andre Bormanis, who's usually the science consult, and I think this is his second script that he's he's penned, also has a habit of lucid dreaming. Huh. So oh, he was shit. able to use that. He says, you know what? You know what's kind of science that I can throw into an episode of sci-fi is this thing. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that the dreams were way too coherent to be dreams. Mm. Like, yeah. like no, like, 
nobody walked through a door and was suddenly in a different place. Yeah, that's true. I did really love the comment that I saw that Tim Russ, who is the, the, the biggest Trek nerd on the show, and I fucking adore him, he basically says, like, why would Tuvok be dreaming about being naked? That's not a shame thing for Vulcans because that's not logical. We all have bodies. We wouldn't mo- we wouldn't give a shit if anybody saw us naked. And he rationalized it by saying, but I'm out of uniform on the bridge. And that's, you know, that's a whole the different yeah. break in uniform <laughs> protocol. I would never do that. And therefore, that's why I'm upset about it. All yeah. Right. yeah no. Also, the idea that Vulcans don't experience shame is ridiculous. They definitely do. Well, yeah, but I, I could see the, them not feeling shame about bodies. I don't I know. Couldn't. They're all kids at one point. I don't know, man. I, and I, they've only learned, you know, they've had to learn how to not use their emotions. So I'm sure... They've all been naked in front of someone accidentally and been like, ugh. I feel like if they didn't feel shame about their bodies, they wouldn't be wearing clothes. It, 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 they, they live on a planet with a brutal sun. You've got to keep yourself covered or you're going to get skin cancer. Uh, SPF, bro. SPF. Wow. <laughs> but also, uh, since Tim Ross is also like one of the biggest jokesters on the show, he gets onto the bridge and he's, you know, he's in a robe because, you know, before you start the cameras, he's in his robe. And he had he had, had someone whip up some kind of thing to go over his general genital area. <laughs> it memory alpha doesn't say what it was, but it was like some kind of ridiculous appendage he strapped to himself. So he took the robe off. There was just something there, and the whole fucking bridge crew erupts into giggles because he's he's just so silly, and I love, I love him. I'm just picturing. Did you guys? Did you guys watch Garfield and Friends? Yeah. Remember how Wade oh, yeah, had, he had his, his inner, inner tube with his face on it? So I'm just picturing that, but it's just Tim Russ's head where his what's-it should be. Oh, no. I'm sorry, yeah. his what's-it? Yeah. Penis. We can say the word. Yeah, I don't know why I censured myself. We never do. We could even say cock. Ooh. Or of the walk. Johnson. Dong. Prick. Wang. Wong. Wong. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um... Fucking, we, we get, Harry Kim, generally, was the only one not technically having a nightmare. Like, he eventually got freaked out because Crescent showed up. But then he started making up with him. Making out well, with I said to Caitlin, like, they cut to him, and he's like, ah, and he comes down. It's like, well, clearly in the dream, he's like, fuck it, you can watch. <laughs> so we just kept making jokes about, like, Harry, like, being out of cum. What? Oh. Yeah, like he, that's he, why he's, he's young, dumb, and out of cum. <laughs> you were saying Chris was like, yeah, you know, he'll by the end of this episode, after all the coming, he looks like uh, Chakotay did in that episode where he was like getting older. <laughs> and I said, I, I said, my God, Harry just shit out his balls. Said, oh Jesus! Uh, I, I was really, we I was really Sorry. hoping though that they. Did an old switcheroo on us, and instead of Harry waking up from the dream, Seven, Seven woke does. up from the dream. <laughs> I, I joked that uh, actually this was Tuvok's dream. God knows mm. who was having the dream of him walking around naked. Yes. Uh, we haven't. Do we have a Nurse Chapel figure in the? <laughs> so, so uh, one thing though that didn't work Uh-oh. was during the opening dreams and like the Crescent guys appearing in everyone's dream. But in Tom's, he like. Pops up oh, from the yeah. bottom of the window, and it was like it was like a bad Jaws moment. It, it was just, pretty silly. It was it was hysterical. It's like oh yeah, mm, didn't stick the landing there. But otherwise, I felt like they did pretty well in this episode. Yeah, yeah, that was just hilarious though. Like I fucking loved it. It was very that was funny, funny as hell. Wasn't supposed to be, but 
appropriate dream for Tom to be like, if you're going to have a bad dream and you're a pilot, the bad dream is going to be a, a flight disaster. Why does Tom keep bringing Torres skiing when she's already said Klingons don't like it cold? <laughs> Damn it, Tom. I was, he have he's a, negative. I had the, the same thought. It's the holodeck, though. You could have you totally could. warm ski resort. You could Weird. ski on mashed potatoes. Like, that would be amazing, right? Like, Yum. You know? That would be, yeah. Yeah, you could, it's like the snow can still exist, but it can be like 75 and breezy. Yeah, why not? Weird. Right? But yeah, no, I thought I thought the same thing. What was that delightful line? It's like uh, Cardassians. Oh, what was it I, uh, from the? Oh, from the displaced episode. Yeah, where it was like Cardassians just complain about it faster yeah, or yeah. something. That were cold. Because yeah, I had the same. I thought, thought it was Cardassians that didn't like it cold. She's like, I'm cold too. They just yeah, they just complain more. But yeah, no, I had the same thought. It's like, why are you bringing her in a winter sport? Maybe she likes winter sports and just doesn't like the cold. That's fair. I mean, the thing is, if you're going for a winter sport, you're going to prop- appropriately bundle up, whereas she was not properly clothed in uh, displacement there. Speaking of clothes, here's the here's the, the overcoat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see the overcoat with the cool little pocket thing. Yeah, yeah I like her I like her pocket protector with all her pens. It's, it's a neat little thing. I kind of wish they had her keep it afterwards so it made more sense. That's true. Why do they never do that kind of thing? Is a pocket protector literally meant to stop you from getting ink on yeah. your shirt? Yeah, it, if your it's, pen leaks. Yeah, it's a remnant from back when pens were more prone to leaking. But it's, it's also nice if you have like a bunch of pens or like screwdrivers and stuff. Mm. You can just take the whole pocket protector out at the end of the day and oh, yeah, set it down, yeah, and yeah. then you put it in your next shirt the next day. It's very convenient. Yeah, mm. I you don't one. you don't accidentally put your pens in the in the washing machine. That That's way. right. Mm, true. I don't wear pocket shirts so often, but if I did... Yeah, I think they're more a remnant from when everyone was carrying fountain pens. and Because nowadays, if you're buying a fountain pen, it's going to be fancy because they're a niche product. But back in the day when all pens were fountain pens, there were shitty ones. And they See, would I don't know, though, because pocket protector is like the universal code for nerd. Yeah, well, I, I think... Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd love to know how that happened, because... Nerds carry pens with them. We, okay. They used to give well, them out. Well, maybe just being able to write... And read was enough to make you a nerd back in the day. <laughs> no, that's true. They used to give them out at the one, in fact, the one I have, I got from You Do It Electronics. I don't know if they still give those out, but yeah. I thought that was fun. But yeah, this is the, this is the part of their attempt to hide her pregnancy. That so, m- so far, I wouldn't know. So. Well, they, I did Good notice in this so one, far. in this one, they mostly shoot her from like the shoulders up, but I, I definitely have memories of like episodes where they can't hide her for some reason, and you're just like, <laughs> Coat's not doing as well a job as it could And it's so funny because I remember when we talked in The Next Generation When Gates was pregnant Yeah I had no fucking clue None whatsoever, yeah Not not even like the episode where she was like full to bursting And also the focus character in all those romantic scenes I think it was the one where she was making out with that Trill guy mm. And she said it was really weird being in a romance scene While I was, you know, full of baby <laughs> <sighs> I love when uh, you know everyone, you know, because we only saw a few of the dreams. Yeah, but everyone's, but evidently everybody's been having them. Yeah, I loved Neelix's that he was being boiled into some soup. Oh yeah, but it was really well seasoned. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, was good. that's I, good. I was, I was hoping though, not hoping, but I was imagining like an alternate take where. So what was your dream, Neelix? Well, I dreamed I died and then got shot up with nanopots, and now I'm a living corpse. Oh wait. Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, I did like that, though. Was the alien... Okay, in Neelix's dream, was the alien swimming around also? He was probably the cook. Was he the cook? 
Probably had a big comedy cook hat on, no less. Now, is it like, is Neelix, is it a giant pot of stew and Neelix is regular Neelix size? Or is he a tiny Neelix? Or is he a tiny Neelix, or at least tiny relative to the cook? Like, is the cook like a giant, I am cooking you into my stew? That's a good question. Is it that, or is it like when, uh, you know, Bugs Bunny is in a big pot next to someone who's, like, regular sized? Interesting, yeah. I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the... Tiny Neelix. I like that one. In a, in a pot, in a normal pot. In swim trunks patterned after, like, one of his awful suits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get to see the, the feet and the stuff on his chest and all that stuff. Oh, God. Ugh, I forgot about no, all that. thank you. I know. I don't want those feet in my soup. That someone fucked up because we know that Harry Kim sleeps with a mask on. because oh, yeah. Because his roommate in the academy used to stay up late. Yeah, that's true. And Tom made fun of him for it once. Well, forgot about that. And I said, table flip! Well, here's the thing. Here's the, I don't know if it's a continuity error or what, but... We he, see, he'd never, he never actually woke up. But we see him do the... What? Out of bed. Oh, yeah. In the teaser. Maybe that was him joining the fake... That's, that's what yeah. I'm wondering. Yeah, so that's maybe that's that, why yeah. he didn't have the mask. Because we never... Well, no, but we do. Because we go into his quarters and find him asleep. Asleep, yeah. But is and that, he's not wearing a mask. But wait, wearing. is that still the... Larger dream? No, oh, no, that's no. that's before. Oh no, god, that's before. That's before Chakotay yeah. goes into the dream. Yeah, because the larger dream only starts after Chakotay goes into does, does Inception Land. Yeah, a Kuchimoya thing. <laughs> but I wonder though, was 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 the initial wake up even? Re- yeah, no, because they had to get to the planet. Never they mind. had to get to the planet. And yeah, that to... was real. Getting oh, to the planet god. was definitely real because then no, otherwise there wasn't a threat to the aliens. And I've gone cross-eyed. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, they they the first night everybody woke up except for Harry Kim and a couple of randos. Yeah. Then Chakotay goes to bed in sick bay. Right, and then everyone else. And then everybody else goes to sleep, and then Chakotay wakes up for real. Sets a course to the planet, yeah. falls asleep on the way there, right, right, dreams right. that everybody woke up, but it turns out that he's just in the collective dream with everybody else. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. Don't go to sleep. When I wrote in my notes, like, this sounds familiar. Wasn't there, like, an Are You Afraid of the Dark or something where people couldn't sleep or they'd die? I mean, it's definitely Friday the 13th. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. What I say? Oh yeah, yeah, Nightmare on Street. Definitely when you have. Well, I haven't seen him either, but I know that's like concussion. Yeah, you should have mm. gone to sleep. Yep. Yep. Um, they're they're probably. It's been so long since I saw that show, but I'm willing I'm to bet there was. I'm trying to remember if there was, because I've well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this this far out from having ever seen that show. Oh, dozens of years ago. I only remember the that clown show one. though. There is yes, definitely. Yes, me too. There's definitely a Simpsons uh, Freddy Krueger parody episode oh, where they're yeah. talking they can't go to sleep and I might die. Be, I might be might thinking of that. that. Yep, yep. Because that's, again, I've not seen those movies either, but I've seen that episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> so. And now I get the reference that I didn't know that. I may have missed something in this episode. What were the aliens' motivations? Super unclear. Okay. Yeah. Because that, like, yeah, because at first it's like, oh, they made everybody go to sleep so they could take over the ship or something. But no, they're just sleeping in a cave. And if Chakotay wasn't awake, everybody would have just died. Maybe like, there's it, some kind of space vampire that needs to feed on them. Well, see, that would have been more interesting. See, I, th- I think it would have been way more interesting an episode if they weren't just a bunch of people asleep in a cave and that they were like some kind of energy monster mm. or something. You know, yeah. that that like, you know, like... Um, like the like the virus that Tuvok had that made him think that he was murdering a little oh, girl. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. 
you know, if it was something like that kind of creature that just invaded, you know, just invaded your brain. Well, especially too, like the way they started talking about them at first in the episode, it made it sound like they didn't have a corporeal form. Yeah. But then, oh no, they do. What this is a was weird. Remind me of the deal in Frame of Mind when Riker kept dreaming of those assholes. Why? Remind me what the fuck the the reason was. Oh God. Um, boxes within boxes. Do, I don't know if we ever. What? There was some alien. I think they was, were jerks. They like, had kidnapped Riker. Was that no. what happened? Was that the one where? Oh God, I don't know anymore. It wasn't schisms. Yeah, see, now I'm thinking of schisms. I'm mixing them up now. Now I'm thinking, yeah, and I'm I'm stuck on the one where he almost uh, fucks Fraser's wife. That's a different one. Oh wow, that was that was like the warp planet one though. Yeah, first first contact. Oh, that fucking alien wife. That's a different one. Yeah, I'm thinking. See, now I'm thinking a matter of perspective. Yeah, like I know the one you're talking about, but I cannot remember. (laughs) Every time I try to think of the details, I end up on a different episode. Funny. Is Jake looking at him? I'm going to look at him. I'm going to tell you. Thank you. While Jake is doing that, the deer was very cute. Oh, yeah, the deer. I liked seeing a he deer. He seemed like he had very munchkin legs. It was a little deer, yeah. He was probably adolescent or something. A little pygmy deer of some kind. He's really cute. I liked him. I was like, don't hurt him, Chakotay, you jerk. Well, and he even said he, in real he life, hunting. doesn't hunt, yeah. Oh, we did have we did take issue with the spear. That, that was a little like, oh, guys, really? He was in a dream. I know, but you give the Native American guy a spear. Like, come on. Would you prefer a bow and arrow? (laughs) No, no, but maybe a... Well, I understand that AR-15s are great for hunting. (laughs) I mean, if it was like... (laughs) If it was an actual, like, just modern hunter's bow, maybe it would have been, you know, a little less... Or like a crossbow. People crossbow hunt for some reason. I mean, I don't understand why people hunt full stop if it's not for food, so... You know, I'm the wrong person to ask. Even if it is for food. Yeah, we do have cows. Have you, have you heard of these animals? There's plenty of them. Mm. Have you found it yet, Jake? Yeah, you just got kidnapped by some aliens. Oh, okay. In fact, if we don't eat them, we don't know what the fuck to do with them, because they would never survive in the real world anymore. Thanks to us. Yep. But we also go. need them for their manure, so god damn But also their farts are killing us. We, we, we're destroying yep. this planet. We are. Oh, no, no. Well, we're destroying the ecosystem. Let's start we're new on a new planet. <laughs> we're destroying ourselves. The planet will be just fine. Mm. Tuvok's jammies looked very silly, and I preferred the earlier scenes when he was sleeping naked. I mm. thought the, um... He has nice shoulders. At, mm-hmm. Well, see, that's the thing. At the very end, right, when he comes in and we're hanging, hanging out in the mess hall, I was like, huh, is Neelix a secret Romulan? Because, I mean, is, is Tuvok a secret Romulan? Because the shoulders those are his, some serious. Sure. That's a that's a Romulan pair of uh, jammies. If I ever saw them. Oh no! It was the same culture once. That's true. Maybe that's like one thing that one the of the held on to. But it's a, just in their pajamas, not in their daily wear. Right. It's illogical to have such humongous shoulder pads in the real day to day. You bump into shit. Yeah. It's unwieldy. Yeah. The last thing in my notes that I noticed on Memory Alpha is that they said that the cavern that has all the sleeping aliens mm. sleeping very efficiently across all the all the floors uh, was made with just three actors that they composted together. Composted. composted. <laughs> <laughs> right into the machine with you. I don't want to die. It's for television. Yeah, it was, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It was entertaining enough, you know. Yeah, kind of just a it was very there. normal episode. Yeah, funny little filler kind of thing. Yeah, that was interesting. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. That's what it was. It was fun. Don't think too hard about it. 
Wow. Or else. <laughs> you know what I want to think about? Since we talk about Romulan shirts, Romulan ships. Oh, good, because I noticed this one would make more sense next week, but we're doing it this week, so fuck it. We've been talking about ships an awful lot. Last week was Klingon ships. This week, we're going to look at a whole bunch of different Romulan ships. So you can check these out. They're all on our Tumblr. (laughs) It's all all blank pages, because they're all cloaked. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. The Bird of Prey. Yes, we're going to start with the first Bird of Prey. We see this in the original series. It's got a big fucking orange bird painted on the bottom of it that looks more like a turkey. <laughs> it is kind of turkeyish, yeah. Oh, it looks kind of like a hawk. He's kind of like a vulture face or something. Eagle-y. Though. We don't know what Romulan birds look like. That's true. Mm. Why don't we see any Romulan birds? Yeah, we don't spend a lot of time they on Romulus. Big, and now, of course, they're all dead. Aww. Mm. Um, one saved the burbs. But yeah, it's a, it's a you know... It's, you know, it's funny, of course, because you look at it, and it does look, in a way, it almost looks like, what if TOS did the Defiant? <laughs> mm, yeah. Because it's, you know, and I get it, they hadn't worked out a lot of the design language yet, but it does look a lot like a Federation ship. Yeah, because it's got the nacelles. And like an almost saucer effect mm-hmm. and stuff. That's true. This could very easily yeah. just fit in with any Federation ship. Yeah, this could also, it could also be like a TOS-era Miranda class, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, you know, classic design, and because we know it as a Romulan ship, it, it is immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the fin on the back, very, uh, serves no purpose but to look cool. Yeah, and the fin even has a little, like, the painted yeah. tail of the bird yeah. on it, just to make sure the bird, bird, you got bird continuity going. Yeah, it's classic. Hey, you skipped the uh, you skipped the Romulan D five or whatever. Oh, the one that's actually just a Klingon ship. Yeah, yeah I did. But we're do gonna. You, do you know the story of why they had to do that? I I know we talked about it. I don't remember a fucking thing. Basically, they uh, stiffed the guy that made the Romulan model, so oh, okay. he took it home. Mm-hmm. They didn't have it anymore. Way to not pay him, Paramount. Jerks. But yes, then they're back with the D. Deridex class? I think so. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we ever hear this out loud. We do show. not, I think. But we see this big. It's got like a big hollow area, yep. like and it's like what would be wings, but are now just a big, uh, just a big tube. Mm. Yeah. And now this one looks like a bird. True. It's even got the wings. It's, it's got, got a like, beak. It's got like feathers patterns on the wings. It's like two birds on top of each other with a space in between. What's interesting, though, is like... In this, With one head. Inside <laughs> you, there are two birds. From overhead, Aww. it kind of has like the neck and the bulbous top thing that is reminiscent of a Klingon ship. Yeah, from the mm-hmm. phone to the top, it definitely looks very Klingon. So it's like they, even though they eventually started making their own ships, they took some notes from the Klingons and kept them. Well, it's because they decided that both Klingons and Romulans like birds of prey. Yeah. And they both have bird symbolism going on. For some reason, yeah. And it's like, okay, our two main antagonistic races are going to just keep making them look like birds. Yeah, so it's like, I wonder if somebody was confused, or like, I wonder if this was maybe originally kind of designed to be a Klingon ship because because it looks very Klingon and it's green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, huh. Hey, remember that Klingon design we didn't use? Let's use it for the Romulans. I can see that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's cool. It's it's huge. That's it is a, huge. That, like, look at the, the windows on it. Well, look at it next to, next to the Enterprise over here. Yeah, I mean, that could be perspective, but... Like, just looking at the, the size of the windows, you know it's just oh, yeah, it's okay. fucking... Although, on the one hand, it's huge, but also there's a lot of just 
empty space as well. Yeah, what True. is the point? What do we think the point of the empty space is? Why not make use of it? <laughs> that is a damn good. It makes question. it more aerodynamic. Maybe which maybe, doesn't matter. Maybe in space, like they can probably. Maybe they can like generate a um, like a force field inside it, and then they can. Like Maybe it's capture got, another ship. It's got something to do Ooh. with their idiotic black hole power source. There you go. The dumbest power source in space. So bad, guys. Morons. Just very silly. It's a good ship, though. I like it. Is. it. In the this would be Nemesis. Again, this is the, the we see the Valdor. The Romulans took the Klingon bird of prey and made it their own. Yep, it's more birdie. Fixed wing. Also quite large. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. They do like their ships oversized. <laughs> like their ladies. <laughs> um, but yeah, features. It does feel like a, a scaled back to de- 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 whatever class. Yeah, well, yeah. The the hollow bit is now like very very yeah, slim. Still a hollow bit. They yeah. like the, they like their hollow bits. They yeah, like their so l- much. And like the Klingons, they also like long fucking necks to nowhere. Yeah. Well, and the Starfleet likes long necks for some Everybody reason. Everybody likes long necks. Such a bad idea. It's quite silly. I don't know if it's that you feel powerful walking down the neck to get to the bridge. <clears throat> I don't fucking know. Yeah, that's an excellent question. I feel like from the top, it kind of vaguely is reminiscent even of the, the bird symbol of the Empire, if I'm remembering it right. Yeah, I, w- oh. I would say so. And it's it's a, it's a sleeker bird. It's yeah. more like a, like a heron than whatever the... Mm. Whatever we could say previous birds look like. They're not like... Yeah, it's not like bird of prey. These are more like a heron. Yeah, it's, I like that that uh, comparison. Oh, this fucking thing. Oh, I love this thing. So also in Nemesis, Nemesis we see the Riemann ship. And since they're just a branch Whoa. of Romulans, I'm counting it. The Scimitar. And I think this ship is really cool. It's also got two modes because it like... Mm-hmm. Opens itself up into a whole bunch of like spider legs. I just realized, because I don't really see it from directly overhead until right now, and this has to have been on purpose because of all the fucking Nosferatu imagery. Oh, it, looks like a bat. it looks like a bat. It does look like a bat. Yeah. It looks like a bat, but then its wings open up into a spider. Yes. Which is also like, very Nosferatu. I was thinking it looks like a hermit crab. <laughs> or that. And it's opened up. <laughs> yeah, I can kind of, yeah. yeah. With those little legs sticking out. Yeah. It yeah no uh, the problem is and uh, now that I see it it looks like the fucking bat wing. <laughs> looks like it wants to spit some goo at Dennis Nedry. Or that. Aww. It definitely wants to do that. Yeah, I do think it's it's a very nice moment in a very shitty movie when we see it open up and it's yeah. very threatening and all this thing. Yeah. I, I was flying one of these around in timelines and getting very angry because when you're just flying it around in timelines, it's closed. And I'm mm. like, meh. You, uh, no, it's only opened up when you're in a battle. Which makes well, sense because that's, see you know. It. I want to see it open Locked up. S foils and attack positions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I will say, that's a very, I mean, Bremen, but I'm sure the Romulans were the ones initially designing it because it was already built, but of course the Romulans make a ship that has an elaborate opening to kill people sequence. They're very much, that's the thing, I feel like the Klingons are just like, we're here to kill you, the Romulans are like, we're here to frighten you and kill you, <laughs> which is why everything's big or opening or weird. And if we fail at frightening you, we're going to skip the kill you part. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go back in time now and see an early iteration of the Bird of Prey that we saw in Enterprise, or that, you know, we will see in Enterprise because we haven't covered this yet. And it's way more, like, swoopy. Yeah, it's smaller, curvier, and greener. They love green. They love their green. All these alien ships, like, green, green, green. Yeah. Well, that is the color of little Martians. (laughs) 
it's I wonder, fine. I wonder if they're painted green or it's the metal, or if it's the metal because mm-hmm. like and light, they're made of like copper. the Vulcan ships were made of were were like like a reddish color, and Vulcan the planet is like a reddish color, so maybe they just have a lot of red ore. Mm. So their ships maybe Klingon and Romulan ore is greenish. Maybe. I'll I'll accept that. Yeah, it works. It looks like a boomerang. A little bit. It looks like if you throw this thing, it's going to come back and clock you in the face. I feel like it looks like a little airplane, like a paper airplane. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like you could easily fold this up yeah. and just chuck it. It would fly well. Yeah, I like how streamlined it is. Like, it definitely feels... It's cute. Yeah. It's like a cute little toy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It's like, I want to go into the bath with one and play. All right, we're going to jump to Picard, because I think mostly we see other... Other Romulan ships we've already covered, or ones we that I don't think we see enough to be able to cover. Yeah, well, they say that like one guy who like repurposed a bunch of TOS era birds of prey. Seven what? fights one at one point. Oh, it's it's like straight up just a TOS style bird of prey, but a little shinier. Oh neat. Yeah, it's in like a single scene. Yeah, but the one we're looking at now is the one we see in season one of Picard. That that. Oh, brings in in like a fucking giant swarm. Oh mm. no! And it looks it looks very the d- Dideradex. Yeah, but without oh. stupid empty. Yeah, but without no the reason. chasm. Yeah. Yeah, but it's you know they're. I, I wonder if this is just the next generation of the warbird design. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, and yeah. they just realized no, that it's Picard, not not next generation. Ah. ah. <sighs> Sorry. But yeah, no, because the Dideradex. Was also the Durex was also called the war the Romulan warbird. Yeah, and yeah. So no, this it, is called it as well. So. Yeah, it's it's an improvement in that again there isn't pointless waste of space, but they probably got less material now that their home planet's oh, been no. blown up, so they have to be a bit more uh, restrained. Yeah, I like that the kind of like the face of it. I'm gonna say it looks like the Dudaradex yeah, face. It's it's and bridge section. You can see how this grew out of that, and maybe the old bird of prey a little. And that that big thing, not the scimitar, the one before that oh, from Valdor. Yes, from um, Donatra's ship. Yeah, I think. I think that's right. So it's it, it it has a clear through line, certainly, which is always good to see. Well, the through line is usually pick a bird, any <laughs> bird. <laughs> the next one's gonna be the hummingbird. Bird it up! Ka! It's a flamingo. Oh, Oh, oh boy! No, that's I, a. I forget why I chose to do this in this order because that should have probably done this earlier. But yeah. anyway, let's look at let's look at the Narada now from Star Trek 2009. One of the, one of the Kelvin movies. Yeah, what an ugly thing. Yeah, it's huge. It looks it looks like someone just took a bunch of stuff in a bale of hay and then wadded it together. Well, this supposed isn't to be a mining ship. Yeah, no, this isn't a Romulan ship. This isn't a mining ship. This is somebody said, what car would Cthulhu drive? <laughs> yeah. And this is what they came up with. All right. Just like, yeah, there's no practical aspects it's, of this ship. It's None whatsoever. It's designed like fuck. Well, if it's, you're it a would mining... scare the shit out of you if you saw that thing but floating a, in space. Right, though. but it's a mining ship, not a warship. Yeah, it should well, be a big fucking box. The Romulans yeah. don't know how to only do a mining ship. You know, they gotta... Even it's, for the, it's the shoulder pad this, of their ship. Even for the Romulans, this is a bit much. This is the ship from the remake of Event Horizon. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, it's, just, it's a horror ship. It's a thousand can openers stuck together. Basically, yeah. It's, it's yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to it. I'm sure there's no like 
design that uh, whoever built this thing in world would have a design saying this is what the function of each thing is because there's no function they even make fun of it in the movie for being a bad design yeah because there's a moment where scotty's like if there's any logic to the internal design of this thing i should be popping you right into the engine room or something and then they're on the bridge well the big open space full of unconnected platforms that seems to serve as the bridge? Where is the bridge on this thing? Who the fuck knows? Somewhere. Who even cares? Not I. Yeah, no, it's a terrible ship. What kind of bird is but it supposed to be? But as we discussed, none of the designs in the Kelvin timeline are actually based around sense. Jake liked the Franklin. I did like the Franklin. I think none of the trash. designs in the Abrams-directed Kelvin <laughs> movies. But we're about it, sense. You, but wasn't this one from Beyond? No, this one was from 2009. Yeah, yeah, this is okay. from the first of the Calvin films. Oy. So yeah, Abrams' awful little fingerprints are all over it. Yeah, I don't like it. Oh, Maybe look, this though, lends look, itself Jake. to lens flare really well. In concept art, they did have the Enterprise with orange Boussard collectors. Oh my god. So they even had it right at first and changed it just to spite you. Those bastards. And me to an extent. How, How dare they? they? All right, oh yeah, there it is. Finally, the last thing we're going to look at uh, is the 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 newest thing on the block, the slightly updated bird of prey that we would recognize mostly from TOS, but they give it a little bit of a facelift for Strange New Worlds. And you said Picard. And it might be in Picard. I couldn't find where, like, somewhere on Memory Alpha it was referenced, referenced in Picard. I don't know where, and I didn't have time to look so, it up. So this is supposed to be... Literally the same ship that we see in Balance of Terror. Yes, but it's now just, it's got it's green the, lights. Yeah, it's the it's the updated version, which I have no problem with. The thing I that annoys me the most about it. Uh oh. Green fucking Bassard collectors. <laughs> Come on, people. Come on. What what would you want them to be? Red, like they were, like in, they the were in the original. That Maybe they sense. just thought that would look too well, much they, like the Starfleet one. They said they said Romulan is green I and therefore so. make them green. They should have they should have probably been green from the get go, to be well, honest. Well they hadn't figured that out yet. Yeah, Romulans weren't green yet. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'll say, um, the I think... New, we'll, we'll, the new bird paint job is good. It yeah, is. Yeah, bird I, looks good. I think, you know, like with their update of the, the Enterprise, the original Enterprise, it's like, yeah, this is how you do it. Just some little, a little bit of modernization. They, they took off the little painted bird tail on the fin, though. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's just, uh... Just well, a, yeah, it doesn't seem to have a, have a paint on it. But, but no, she looks good. I do like it. They updated her without ruining her. We never... Exactly. We never see that crazy weapon again, do we? No, we don't. Just that, just that one time. Oh, yeah. Just in Balance of Terror they, slash Quality of Mercy. I think they probably just realized it was just too much of a, too much power consumption. And once, once they realized you can kind of run away from it, that it has like a range limit, mm. it's like, mm. You have to decloak to use it. What's the point? They always have to decloak, yeah, too. Except, yeah. except, except for in six. Kang ship. Yeah. Kang Chang. Yeah. Kang, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I guess the idea is like the, the, I think the in-universe in explanation is just generally like, a cloak uses so much energy that you can't, you know. It's like how in that shitty old theater you couldn't have a light board and an air conditioner on at the same time. <laughs> right, Great. and that's, that's what the Romulan ships that we've been looking at today are going to be. We're going to look at more alien ships next week. It'll just be a compilation of whichever ones they put together in time. <sighs> uh, so definitely look forward to us talking about more alien ships then. Woo! Look also forward to us. Oh my god, actually, <gasps> holy shit, next week is a special week. So we won't be talking about Romulan ships next, or uh, other alien ships next week. That's two weeks from now. Oh my god, is it, is it finally time for the 10 forward of third rock from the sun? That's what we're doing! Woo! Now next Wait. week, next week is our, our, what, sixth anniversary? 
Holy Jesus. shit, it's been a while. Mm. Uh, and we're going to celebrate with you guys. We teased this a little while back when we picked names out of a hat. And Rossi helped somehow. He was the hat. He was the hat. We picked names out of Rossi. And we're <clears> going <throat> to be doing our fanfic day next week. Great. So that's going to be a really good week. My story's already shaping up to be pretty good. So mm. hopefully I, I nail the Chakotay scenes. Although I can draw from these episodes, these episodes, you know, had some good Chakotay stuff. True. I'm still three to four days away from starting mine. Yeah, but we did get, a, we got two Akuchimoyas in two episodes this week. We're two for two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's been a while. Yeah, so let next week definitely, definitely join us for that. Definitely also be checking out all of our posts over on the Tumblr where we're talking about tons and tons and tons <laughs> of ships. It's been a lot of ships lately. What else are we doing? We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. You know that. Yeah. I don't. I don't even have to tell you. Yeah, Fuck no. it. And we're on all the podcast places. You're do, you're listening to us right now. Yep. Uh, so until next week, this has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. <laughs> this is Jake. And this is always Chris. <laughs>didn't do a clean break so we could edit that out you just, yep, just no, rolled right into it, it. Yard, what a monster. Yard, man what can you do here I'll, I'll give you one this is jake there you go